You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Um, where do I start? Um, Matthew 13, this is not part of my message. Bible says in verse 8, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. My prayer for today's service is that we would all, all have an experience with God. Okay, I, I would like for this to be a great message. Uh, I've put a bit of work into it, prayed, so do encourage me in the middle of the message. And afterwards, do smile. Uh, but beyond the message, right, I, I want, this is, I, I'm deeply, deeply praying that you hear God, all right? It says, he who has an ear, let him hear. So I, I'm, I'm asking that you concentrate if you can. Uh, and don't let anyone distract you. Uh, normally we'll start with a Bible verse, but uh, I'm not quite sure why we have to do that all the time. So we'll start with um, the song um, Assurance. <laughs> and if you heard that laughter, like <laughs> my father warned me. The song Assurance is sung by uh, a gentleman called David O. <laughs> and in that song, he's saying to you guys have all heard the song. So. <laughs> oh, God. You can't lie on Sunday. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> um, if you've got iTunes. But in that song, he says to a young girl. <laughs> Keyboardist, do you know that song? <laughs> and I like how Nat always Nat denies every song. Any song that's got Jesus in it, Nat, like, I've never heard that song before. So what's that? But Nat is on my street, so we hear what we play on our street. But um, over the last couple of you know, months, you, you just hear music, and, and I think that song's a good jam, by the way. Um, the pastor said that. Uh, <laughs> Look, today I need to focus. I just, I've been telling them since Friday, they need to keep me in the middle. Like, because otherwise I'm just going to drift up and down. But um, what gives us assurance in life? What gives us that certainty that we're doing the right thing? And life goes by so quickly that we just want to be sure that this is what we're meant to be doing. So over the last couple of years, purpose and the whole discussion about purpose has been a big deal. What's your purpose? Can you define your purpose in one sentence? Like, I don't know, you know. I'm always very shocked and impressed by people who can just tell me, this is my purpose in life. I'm meant to be here to design new umbrellas for people in Lagos, sell them at a profit, and return all the money to God. That's my life. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I, I have not, I'm not there yet, okay? I'm evolving in my understanding of purpose. But that song, you know, I like that how when he says in a part of the song, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, life, lifetime assurance, right? <laughs> Can you guys bring me a keyboard that knows, that knows this song? <laughs> uh, nobody's okay, it's alright. Um, and that got me thinking. That really got me thinking. I think he also bought her a car which is good. 
very good. Um, it's, it's very good. <laughs> um, but how, how will you measure your life? I think so I read that book a couple of years ago. But how will you measure your life? What gives you the assurance that you are doing the right thing? What gives you... Because if you don't have some sort of assurance, what tends to happen is that you're unsettled. You're unsettled. I remember uh, years ago, it's a bit younger, my secondary school had this thing. And with the kids, it's a bit different now. But my secondary school had this thing. It was prize-giving day. Prize-giving day for me was almost like judgment day. Um, it, it was judgment day because for some reason, they didn't invite all the parents. But if you went to a, a, a school like mine, there was always this one person in the class. I suspect my wife was that kind of person in her school, but that's a different... One person in the class who I think their life purpose was to embarrass all the other classmates in front of their parents. Yeah? So you know, all the parents come and they go, best prize in French. In my school, there were two of them. I wrote their names down. And Oyemelem Jigwefume, if you know them, just working on forgiving them, all right? <laughs> but, you know, best prize in French. Egosa, she'll go. Collect. And she's coming up, best prize in literature. Best prize in maths. You know. After a while, they didn't say, just wait. <laughs> and I think that's not bad enough. Then, as they're calling the notes, they're going back and for maybe she's sharing with this Oyemelem guy, they're going back, go, you know, two of them are sharing and talking. Then you begin to feel your African parents casting looks at you. <laughs> did, I, did he pay more school fees than you? <laughs> you know, and then they hand these people to help them with the price. I think we start, a good place to start is never to forget that God is the one who will measure your life. God is the one who will measure your life. Over the last couple of weeks, we've spoken about living a great life. We started off John chapter 10. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It says, but Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have life in abundance. And we've said, look, that life that Jesus promises us is real and that it is an alternative from the life that people seem to live. And we've gone through a number of things over the last couple of weeks. If you go on SoundCloud, the messages are there. Uh, but a great life is one that is conscious of the fact that God is the one who is measuring your life and draws from that a definition of success and assurance in life. Um, I think either just before that song or after I lose track, then there was this gentleman who went one day just inspired by who knows who uh, and just started shouting, I deserve some accolades. You know, and, 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 and that was interesting because I think we just all woke up and realized, ah, yes, I deserve some accolades. You know? <laughs> uh, tell the person next to you, you deserve some accolades. Just some, some, some accolades, yeah. <laughs> and help me ask them why. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> uh, you paid you paid your dues. All right, but 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 that that that's kind of our meditation this morning. 
what does success mean to us? Some of you know, sometimes my daughter yesterday said to me, Would you play? I think she wanted to play Scrabble with me. Um, I kind of I didn't I didn't I didn't want to play Scrabble. So I didn't play. But sometimes when you have to play Scrabble with a younger person, the first thing you're asking is do they understand the rules of the game? Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to play a game with people who don't understand the rules of the game. They don't understand. So you're just looking at them and you know, and because you're like an old good uncle, you're just being nice. But that's just not how the game is played. You know, with children sometimes after a while they pick up the ball, you're playing football. No, you don't play, put the ball down, you know. If your definition of success is not, it doesn't align with, <laughs> with God's definition of success, what you then find is that you're seeking assurance and accolades from the wrong place. Uh, and, and, and it's important that we look. So what is success to you? Help me ask the person next to you, how, how will you measure your life? What, what is success to you? What is, is, it, is it wealth? If it's wealth, how much wealth is it? Is it 10 million naira? Someone says, God forbid. It's all these politicians that have spoiled you people. Because 10 million naira used to be... Well, yeah, it used to be a good, good amount of money in those days, in the 80s. Okay? So what is, it, what is, how much is, what is success to you? How will you know that you've lived a successful life? How? Is it when you have a hundred million naira? Someone said, Pierre, please stop talking naira. Let's, let's okay, so, what, so let's go. So IBK, if, you have got, if you've got a hundred million dollars, IBK, are you successful? <laughs> IBK, God, just try me. Then let's find. But really, what is success to you? Is it so does everybody who has a million dollars, is that success? I don't know what it is, but it's, it's good somehow. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're famous, so um, how many followers do you have on Instagram? You're never active on Instagram. <laughs> Falabi is popular. Falabi, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Proper followers, not the ones you bought. Sorry, sorry. But if I've got a million followers on Instagram, am I successful? So let's add it. So if I've got one million dollars, one million followers on Instagram, surely I am successful. <laughs> but okay, so this is a trick question, but let's, let's hold because, because you, if, if it is, we, we need to understand what the definition of success is. And so where we get, that song, um, you know, he, he had given her a couple of things. He given her, what car did he give her? A Porsche. He given her a Porsche. Um, and then he's, you know, I think he even put the number plate, assurance. Or is it pleasure? Pleasure. You know the word pleasure? Huh? Very <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what is your definition of success? So think about it. Because every day when you wake up, you do a couple of things. Try going towards a goal. We're trying to make sure this life makes sense. And then the certain things you do which give you some assurance. So what's your definition of success? <laughs> All right. 
uh, or is it fame, or is it what people say? And, and that's, that for me is just, it's a very simple discussion. That, that's what I want us to consider this morning. One of my favorite scriptures is Luke chapter 12 and 15. Um, and he said to them, watch out and guard, if I, if I read out of the Amplifier, well, I can read this one. NKJV says, take heed and beware of covetousness. If you read on the Amplified, it says, take heed against every form of greed. It says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. And he said to them, guard yourself and keep free from all covetousness, the immoderate desire for wealth, the greedy longing to have more. For a man's life does not consist in and is not derived from possessing overflowing abundance of that which is over and above his needs. This was important for me as a young person in our country because whether we like it or not, we live in a pretty materialistic world. The fact that people had access to money that they shouldn't have, uh, either because they stole it from government, has modeled for a lot of people something that really isn't true and isn't consistent with God's definition of success. I think a couple of years ago, we all just got tired of the type of money that was being stolen. Right? So when you hear that they stole, somebody stole 70 billion. You don't process anymore because it's like 70 billion. But you all know that that is not stealing anymore. And, and I'm, being, I'm not being fun. That is not stealing anymore. That is what Bible calls greed. It is Stealing in itself is not justifiable. But what it is, is that that person believes that there's there is security in numbers. That the more, but the challenge is that the guy who stole a billion dollars from the federal coffers last year is still looking for how to steal a couple more billions. So, you know, Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 6, he would say, seek it first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, all these things will be added unto you. So he begins to challenge our definition of success. What drives us? In fact, in one place he says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? In First Peter, he would talk about the fact, he says, look, your, your, your faith being tested by fire, he says it's more precious than gold. I can't remember what series it was we're, talk, we're teaching through. And we said, look, there are lots of things that are better than money. This is money in any currency. There are lots of things that are better than money. So money cannot be a metric for defining success in life. Money cannot be a metric for defining success in life. <sighs> Help me ask the person next to you, where is your assurance? Where, where is your assurance? If the person is not responding, look at the person next door and just, where, where is your assurance? Where is your assurance? 
So I think the, one of the, I mean, the first things to deal with this morning as we contemplate this is <laughs> as Christ followers, our assurance comes from within. So Bible would say Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory. I was, you know, I think it was last week speaking at the mainland church, talking about how what Jesus offers us, you know, Hebrews chapter 6, says we have those who have fled to take hold of this hope. It says this hope is an anchor for our souls, but sure. <laughs> and it says, both firm and secure. This is Hebrews 6.19. So what Jesus offers is an assurance and a confidence that comes from the working of God in the heart of a man. That is not dependent on what the man has or doesn't have. And so when, when that hymn writer says, on Christ the solid rock I stand, at all other ground, is sinking sand. That kind of what he begins to talk about. Chief, that's when you now play the song, right? That <laughs> is going to harass me later. But because what I find is that the world constantly, with every passing generation, every passing culture, offers us different definitions of what success should be. When you buy into a definition of success that is not consistent with God's one, what you find is that it, you, you just sense, especially if you're a Christian, you sense that you are frustrated in life. You sense it. It doesn't matter what's happening. You just sense frust You sense that you are trying to serve two masters. Yeah, you do. I, I, the example I used last weekend was going into an exam hall and, and, you know, when you, you know, an IBK, you would know what I'm talking about. You've opened the scripts, question one, two, three, four, not familiar. <laughs> not because the guy didn't teach it, but you had faith that he was going to, you know, one particular topic, or you were just partying, just one topic, or you're confessing, God, this topic, this topic, this topic. Question one, compulsory, 30 marks. Question two. And when you get there, you can't find it. And so what do you do? As a creative person, you set your own question. <laughs> to help the lecturer understand that it's not as if I don't know something. <laughs> I just don't know what you've asked me. And I've told this story over again, but the guy called Tobori, I can't forget that guy. I must buy him a drink whenever I run into him in life. French exam. It was in junior secondary school. He had memorized one essay. I can't remember the essay, but he had memorized one. But I remember that when we got to exam hall, that thing didn't come out. <laughs> so very dutifully, Tobey just started writing his own essay. <laughs> and why I can't leave, I can't forget this because the lecturer comes back and says, Tobey, where did you get, where did you get your question from? Help me look at the person next to chief. <laughs> This question you are answering, <laughs> who gave it to you? 
Very important. So, are we, are we, a great life references God's definition of success. Understands what God means by this life that we're living, okay? And like I said, David O's song is, is, is David O, David O. <laughs> His song is very nice, you know. But I think there's an alternative song. I think, I think that song is good for a party. It's good for Saturday morning. But I do not believe that we can live our lives on those standards. And if your boyfriend buys you a Porsche, as far as you are sure, it will not interfere with your understanding your ability to understand what God wants you to do in that situation? Bless God. I'm happy for you. Introduce him to your pastor. What is the definition of success? There's a concept called contentment. Contentment. And I think it's a good counter-argument for materialism. Contentment. It's not a word we use often nowadays. It sounds like a, a cuss word. Content. Let me just say contentment. Co content. Say it, please, church. Say contentment. Let's say it again with confidence. Contentment. Exactly. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 to 6, he again revisits this whole concept of greed, and covetousness. In the NKJV, he says, let your conduct be without covetousness. He says, be content with such things as you have. <laughs> Somebody says, well, this guy doesn't know what I have because if the writer of this knows what I have, knows my bank account, then he would not say this. But he does not stop there. He continues and he explains where we derive contentment from as children of God. He says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man, what can man do to me? Because ladies and gentlemen, greed is no respecter of your bank balance. There's a guy who has 1,000 naira only in his account and can be greedy. There's a guy who has a million dollars stashed away in Swiss accounts that still is greedy. Greed does not respect your bank balance. It doesn't. Ask the person next to you, are you, are you greedy? <laughs> Ask them, no, don't, don't be afraid. You're in church. They can't do anything to you. Ask them, are you greedy? Is there, is there greed in your heart? Okay, no, okay, the guy, maybe the positive one. Ask them, are you content in life? Are you content? Are you content in life? So in Hebrews here, because, because there's a way, because we've been pumped to say, look, you know, look for the, be the best you can be. Get everything you can get. Here, scripture begins to teach us that we are not content with things. We are content with God. It says, for he has said, there is a basis for contentment in life. Anybody, 
this is my understanding of scripture. Who does not enter into godly contentment will find their lives filled with anxiety and stress. You will be under pressure for no reason. You will be under pressure. People will drive by you in traffic. Lagos traffic. A guy drives by you in the newer model of your older car. And for some reason, there will just be all sorts of things moving in your heart and spirit. Not positive things. <laughs> and, you know, and, I mean, uh, when, I, I mean I, when I got my car, I loved it. Until I got it on the road and I realized that the car was popular. Because that's all happens when you buy your car. You put it on the road and suddenly, the world reveals to you how many people have that car. Then two months later, the world reveals to you that they've brought an, a newer model. And you know we don't waste time in Lagos. As they make it, we bring it. <laughs> and so if you do not find contentment, some grounding in God early enough in life, why do you think people go and steal money? Educated men our fathers and uncles. Let's take collective responsibility. Why? Why would they take money, and I'm not shading anybody in particular, but why would you take money meant for, for health care, education, whatever it is, and take the money and put it in your account? Why? Are you not afraid? I'm, and I'm being serious. When you think of, oh man, there's 50,000, 50 million children who are who need healthcare, basic healthcare, or you think of the fact that you've kept money in your account that you're afraid to use, yeah, or that you will use to buy what new designer bag. How how does your heart function? Ask the person next to you: Are you content? Are you content? Are you content? Because he says here that he says we, are, we we do not count the things that we have and then say it's fine. I'm content. No, we derive our contentment from the relationship that we have with the one who is the source of all things. The one the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It says the gold is his and the silver. So I can have one thing and be content. I can have 50 and be content. A couple of years ago, I began to write a couple of things and I say them to myself when I can. That I am not what I own or do not own. I am not my car. I am not my jackets. I am not my iPad. I am not my phone. I am not, I am not my wig. I'm just saying on behalf of somebody. I'm not my wig. I'm not my house. I don't know what else you own. I am not my bank account. Because the day your life is defined by those things, you would find that you are exerting all sorts of energy trying to protect those things. And anything that, and in fact, what tends to happen is that the day your life is defined by those things, the day you meet someone whose wig is newer, hmm, they've got the latest, I used to think, I stopped at Fumi hair and Brazilian wig, but I hear that, what's the new one, Ini? Tell me, please. Sorry? <laughs> In it, speak out. What's, uh, let me go to people that know what's in town. Foolish, what's the new wig? Speak. She doesn't wear a wig. She has hair. 
She has natural hair. <laughs> but 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 I but we'll come to you later. <laughs> but the day you meet someone, it was Deborah Martin, the pastor Deborah Martin, who was saying to me once. He says, he says he's worried about people who over who who treats people who have money or wealth with reverence. He says because he says not just because that in itself is faulty. He says because once you treat people who have more than you with reverence, he says it subtly means that you also expect people who have less than you to treat you with reverence. So you see the guys who, when you go into a bank, who hail the guys who are wealthy. It means that the day they find someone who doesn't have as much as them, they look down on, on the person. But Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 says, our life is not defined. A man's life is not defined by the abundance of his possessions. I tell the person next to you, I really don't care what you have. I, I don't care what you have. I said to myself that I was born in perfect circumstances for my purpose and assignments. Perfect circumstance. It does not matter. Look, I know you were born in the finest hospital on the streets of London, right? I know you were born in Ibadan. I know you were born in Kaduna. I know you were born in... But it is fine that I was born in Benin. Red sand and everything. It was perfect for my destiny and assignment. Perfect. Someone said, eh, when they were giving birth to my brother, they went to America. He has an American passport. My sister has British passport. The second one has Jamaican passport. Then me, they not said that when my mother was pregnant, I should come, they want to come home. My parents hate me. <laughs> they don't hate you, sir. Because <laughs> assurance is not in a passport. It's not in a passport. I mean, it's not. And I, and I know that it's a bit, I know that when you take our passport, you know, of course, it, let's talk now. When you take the Nigerian passport, you know, someone they look at you, you look at them. As far, you're not carrying drugs. You're not going to steal money. You're not escaping. You're not a loop. You speak confidently. Hello, hello. Why are you? I'm here for holiday. Holiday. How many days? Two days. Three days. Five days. After a while, they look at your passport. They can see you're a respectable person. They treat you well. And you know, there's a time, there's a place you get to in God and in life. That you get to countries, they don't, it's not the color of your passport. You show up and they go, my goodness, Folusha, how are you? Welcome to America. We hear all the good work you are doing in your country. All these girls that are going to school, they are stamping your passport, not asking about the color. And by the way, ever so often, they deport Americans. Yes. So this, I want to be American citizen. America, I want to be Canadian. I want to be relaxed. Assurance in life does not come from there. I said that I'm happy to live my own life. My own life. Look, I don't have all the things that you have. It's likely that I may not have all of them. I don't have your new phone. It's likely that I might not have it. The way life works, the things that you have, I don't have. Hopefully, when I need it, you can trust that if I borrow it, I'll return it. I'm, I don't... I don't need a private jet. I, I see people in private. I like that picture in private jet. I like it. Caleb, don't you like it? Caleb is my ear. He knows that if I'm going, I'll take him with me. Hopefully. <laughs> but I know that I do not need a private jet. And to be honest, okay, let me, this is just, I need to focus. 
I need to focus. So I'm learning contentment from my relationship with God. When Apostle Paul says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, we say that scripture boldly. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ah, uh, uh, Falabi, Falabi, go and talk. This girl, you've liked this girl in the choir for a long time. Go and talk to her. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah, he said, I can do it. Eh? I can, you can do it. So what should I do when I... Just look at her in the face, in the eye, and tell her, uh, uh, Damilari, Damilari, Damilari. I, I like the way you... Relax, guys. Focus. Just example. It's for... It's for, it's for what do you call it? It's for... Um, for a, a illustrative good. You went to a good school. For illustrative purposes, all right? And they'll say, Damilari, I can do all things. I can do, all, I can do it. I can do it. You've not learned how to drive. They tell you, drive the car. Say, I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> Who strengthens? But the truth is that's not what Paul was talking about when he writes to the Philippian church. That, no. He says in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, not that, I had, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned to, in whatever state I am, to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He says, and then in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so because our assurance comes from deep within, it does not matter whether we are eating a, you know, a, a 10 cost meal from the fanciest restaurant in Nikoi, Lagos. Or if today all we have is some boiled corn and pear and water. It means that I can do, I can be full, I can be joyful. Because sometimes you go to a fancy restaurant and the meal is not all that. But because of how much you've paid, you kind of have to take a picture for the gram. And you know, you have to tell your, oh, that restaurant is really nice. But you and I know. But sometimes there's just this one small, small Restaurant, there used to be one in Awolo Road where just, just one small, very small meal of Amala and all sorts of other things sets you right. Sets you right. So, guys, you, you need to be confident and content. So, this one where you're trying to use your entire salary to impress this girl. Oh, come on, Joe. One day you need to take her to that Amala joint. What's it called? Dikbo. Dikbo takes his wife to Amala joint. Oh God, you see, I've been telling you. <laughs> but I'm serious. There's, look here. Eh? Oh, Holy Spirit. If you do not understand contentment in life, you will struggle. So you, things will be happening for you, but because you are constantly comparing, what did the neighbor buy? What do they have? What did Folusha wear? Look at the green shoes. I cannot wear my shoe again. They saw it in church last week. Honestly speaking, we do not see it. The place is dark. You can wear the same shoe every single Sunday. Don't let anybody put you under pressure. Don't. The person who is marking your script is God. The guy who drove by you in that Range Rover that you 
you think he looked at you and winked at you. You could hear his music coming out of those speakers. They look, his bank has been calling him, oh God, will you repay this debt? You are struggling your own car. You bought it with your own money, full paid. But you are, you are looking at him and saying, ah, look at Range Rover. It's not Range Rover. It's Range Debt. And they're looking for him. Amcon is on his case. Tell the person next to you, you need to be content. You need, you need to be content. Tell them you are going to live a great life in Christ Jesus. You just have to learn very quickly how to be content. Very, con- very quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Matthew 25, if, you, if you've heard me teach over a period of time, is a great chapter of the Bible uh, for me to, you know, just gain illumination from what, what matters to God in this life. What is success? Three things, and I'll put this plane on the ground very quickly. <sighs> okay. Matthew 25. Jesus says, he's, so the two, there are three stories. I'll tell you them very quickly. One of them, he tells the story about guys who were given different talents and gifts. One was given one, one was given two, and one was given five. Is that, is that the correct one, yeah? I've done it right. One, two, and five. If you don't know the Davido song, surely you know the references in scripture. Is it one, two, and five? For talent. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm on your case today. I don't know. I think I saw your girlfriend earlier. She was looking very fine. This guy's just proud. He's just happy. He's just playing all sorts of things on the keyboard. <laughs> but Jesus comes to this servant and says, this is the guy who has won. And I say to people that the most likely the guy who has one looks at the guy who has two, looks at the guy who has five. Why did they give them five? Why did they give them two? It's me. They not gave one. He says, I'm not doing. I'm not doing. So what does he do? He hides it in the ground. When the master shows up, he says, chief, where, where, where's the stuff I gave you? Where, where's the stuff I gave you? Verse 25, Matthew 25, 25. Easy to remember. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. He says, look, there you have what is yours. So the first, you know, like I said, Matthew 25 shows me the things that matter to God. What am I doing with my gifts and talents? What am I doing with my gifts and talents? What am I doing with my gifts and talents? What am I doing with my gifts? And talents? Because the two other, the two other servants, verse twenty-one, for example, the Bible says, "His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your master." And so I said, look, that, and anybody, you've heard me say this before, that well done, good and faithful servant is the award of all awards. Because it does not matter what men call you on this earth. They can say you are the most eligible bachelor in the choir. They can say that you are, you are in the 30 under 30. You are in the 27 under 27. The Forbes, it does not matter. But when we show up before God, if he does not say, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, there's a small problem. And he says here, that, that I've given, so there are people who God gives gifts and talents. I said to people, stop looking for perfect context and season for you to bless people, bless humanity 
with everything that God has given you. Stop looking for, stop looking for perfect context. Because fear cripples initiative and responsibility. And church is a great place to start serving. Church is a great... Because, I, you know, there are too many people here who are overqualified already to be a blessing. Your life, and this is what God is asking, how he wants to measure your life. Your life was meant to be a blessing. He says to Abraham, I will bless you and you would be a blessing. But people are trying to become famous. People are trying to get an extra buck, an extra million here and there. People are trying to impress people who do not need to be impressed. Apostle Paul would say, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. <laughs> I like how the apostles, they're walking down the road one day. The chance upon a man about the gate, beautiful. And the man says, look, give me something. Peter looks at him. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. He says, silver I do not have. Gold I do not have. He says, but such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because those things matter. God doesn't send any man out empty. Let me ask the person next to you, what are you doing with your gifts? What are you doing with your talents? If I tell them you are too, you are overqualified to be a blessing. You are overqualified to be a blessing. You are overqualified to be a blessing. That will matter in life. When I look around in church, I see people who... Because, you know, you don't realize the number of people you can make smile. On your current income level, you can send so many people to school already. So, you are too old not to have any... So, every member of this church should have somebody on scholarship. Every, every member, everybody. You should have somebody you're sending to school. You should have someone who you are feeding every so often. I'm not talking about these girls you are trying to impress. No. I'm saying human beings that cannot, that don't, who you are feeding. I'm not talking about this guy you are trying to get to like you and so you have become his mother. And you are taking flask to his house, which you should stop now. Stop it. Stop it. Just, I don't know how I get into all the side roads, but, but just tell the girl next to you, stop it. Felicia, you should cook for your husband. Oh, God, you should cook for your husband, please. <laughs> Let's not get him mixed up, okay? Matthew 25, let's stay there. Matthew 25, verse 35. So we've done 25. Matthew 25, 25. Let's do Matthew 25, 35. And so Jesus says, For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And Jesus is having this discussion with these guys. And he's saying, on the last day, he says, people, I will say to certain people who were very religious, who said, look, we were church people. We lived the life that we thought mattered. But he said, no. He said, there was a, a disagreement. There was a disagreement. He says, I know you were doing the things you thought were important. He says, but this was what was important to me. But he said to him, but Jesus, that's unfair. Because if you had showed up to us and said to us, my name is Jesus, son of of God from Nazareth, I died, I resurrected. He says, Give me some food. He says, You know that I would have got food for you. If you texted me and said, Hi, Samuel, this is Jesus. I'm in Ikoyi prison. Would you please come and visit? You know, I would have come. You know, I, I'm, I'm in charge of service production, but I would have told PI, I'm going to the prison today to find you. I would have come, Jesus. 
He said, Jesus, how can you say you were tested? Don't, don't be doing like this. If you, don't, if you don't like people with dreadlocks, then say you don't like people with dreadlocks. But don't put me under pressure. He said, where, where, where did I not feed you? <laughs> Jesus, you say you were naked. Let's even start from the fact that you are king of kings. You can clothe yourself. But you know that you know that if you were naked, I'd have given you cloth. I'd have, you know, I, had, I even had 10 sheds in my wardrobe. What Jesus says in this scripture for me is phenomenal. He says, for as much as you did it to every single one of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And so I say that love, living a life of compassion, is the will and the wisdom of God. It's the will and the wisdom of God. Because the religious people might have cared if they could see God. The irony is that no one can see God. Or maybe it is that God is visible in the people around us. And this is what matters in life. <laughs> can I hear the voice of God in the needs of the helpless? Is God thirsty around me? Is God hungry around you? Is God sick around you? Is God in prison around you? Is God lonely around you? In Matthew 25, 45, he says, For as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And so a great life looks for those who they can bless. That no day will go by without you putting a smile on someone's face. No day will go by. And there are things you must do through you. You should do through your church. There are things you should do. You should look for people in your family. You should look. There are people who you walk past your, you walk past Jesus on a daily basis. So he's the security man in the car park. He's the gentleman who is just pressing those lift buttons in your in your building, a nice swanky building. He's the driver. He's the tea girl. For someone, is the person who is just crying. And you, 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 you are just a little bit too busy trying to make money. And you can't see. You can't hear. Look, eh, Lekki, we went out to, um, we went out to Itedo yeah, yesterday. You know, just walking down the road. I was like, my goodness. This, all these fancy houses you see in Lekki, that's not Lekki, you. There are slums positioned strategically everywhere. Can I hear the voice of God in the needs of the helpless? I, I know you want to hammer. I, I know you want to make money. But will it count in the long run? I know you're wondering whether Keke, 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 whether she loves you. Well, in his, uh, hang on, girls. Ini said it was keke, but it's uh, but keke, keke. But just hang on. You're wondering whether, Caleb, you're wondering whether Kiki loves you. And, you know, you're writing poems. <laughs> Focus, Idris. You're writing poems. When you wake up in the morning, you're praying, Father, Kiki. My feelings, Kiki my feelings and God is trying to show you any by your side 
Oh, oh no, 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 don't get it mixed up. I mean that Eni has a need. <laughs> Just got a need. But, but you are... You can't be singing that song in the house of God. <laughs> but guys, it's the reality of life. And, and I say this to you, and I'm going to try and put this to it. Look, I have I had the privilege of growing up in a city that's full of royalty and Benin is a fantastic place. But not having lots of all these fancy things that we have in the city, in Lagos. I've come to the big city. <laughs> and I've had the privilege of living across the city. Um, I've met people who own, who are billionaires. I have met a couple of billionaires. Your happiness in life has very... Li- I mean, people say, well, if I'm going to be sad, let me be sad in first class. But... But what matters in life is none of those things. I believe that God will bless us. He will bless us. He will bless us. He will bless us. But, you know, Luke chapter 12, that scripture, the man has become phenomenally phenomenally wealthy. He's gone to Harvard Business School. He's shown up. He's known how to do his business. And he then sits and says, I'm going to retire. This is it. I've made it. 40 under 40. In fact... I'm 39 under 40. I didn't even get to look at, look at my life. God taps him and says, um, hi. Well, God doesn't actually say hi. He says, you're a fool. He says, I want to show you who owns this life. What are you doing with respect to what counts in life? Ah, oh, I need to learn discipline now. Because in Matthew 25, the earlier part of Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story about the ten virgins. And he says that these guys go out, five of them take extra oil. Five only take oil that is enough to show up. So they show up, but they can't get in. And, and there's so many ways you can take that particular analogy. But For me, it's a life that constantly has regard for keeping the fire of God alive on the altar of our hearts. Just making sure that our fire doesn't go out. So it's good to come to church on a Sunday like this. It's fantastic to come to church on a Sunday. But that we must plan. We must invest in making sure that it doesn't matter what comes in life. So that I will remain a God chaser in all seasons of life. Bible says the foolish one took their lamps and took no oil with them. There was no plan for the future. So there's someone who should have called a fast. You don't even have to wait for the church to call a fast. You don't have to wait for the church to call a special study service. Or you, you, because you know that there is something you need for the, for, 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 for the years to come. For someone, it's not even anything also spiritual. I keep on saying there's people who should have gone back to school already. The people who should be planning for the next 10, 15, 20 years. All right. Um, when I play tennis, when I play tennis, I realize that this is me. You know I'm not perfect. I'm getting better every day. God is helping me. I realized that, you know, that when there's an audience, I realize that my, my tennis is a bit more dramatic. 
And so I, I began to realize it is your conscience of when people are looking at you. I realized that, you know, oh my goodness, there was, there was, there's no time to tell all the stories, but there was one day I was playing on center court at Ikoi, and I ah, your pastor hit one good backhand. See the way they were shouting, Bishop, Bishop is on fire. <laughs> I felt like Roger Federer. Ah, you know, of course, when you shout like that, you don't really mind them. Just do, mm-hmm, then you go back. Ah, no, my goodness. And I just realized, you have to calm down. You have to calm down. Because your audience matters. Your audience matters. Paul says in Hebrews 12, 11, or 1, he says, he says because we're surrounded by such an awesome crowd of witnesses, he says, let them lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily says, Your audience matters. When you get to the place where you are no longer trying to please men, that is when you really grow up in life. I think Paul will say in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? That question separates immature Christians from mature Christians. Am I trying to please men or please God? When you wake up on Monday morning, am I trying to please God or please men? When you make your choices about where you go, what you do, when you do them, am I trying to please God or please men? I'm learning so much about myself in life. It's amazing. Post on Instagram. I don't know how you guys do it, but when I post on Instagram, it takes discipline not to go back and be refreshing. Felicia hasn't liked this thing. <laughs> you know, but some, when I get there, I'll tell you guys I know how to do it, but I don't know how to do it yet. I don't know how to do it yet. What matters in life? What matters in life? I'll read one last scripture and we'll pray. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 to 8. I'll read out of the message translation. Paul says, you take over. I am about to die. My life is an offering on God's altar. He said, this is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. All that is left now is the shouting. God's applause. He's an honest judge. He will do right not only by me, but by everyone eager for his coming. Thank you for, Fikemi got us this trophy. But you know, when, Chine, you want to come? Let me give you your trophy, yeah? Come, come, come up. So when on that last day, yeah, you can start playing the song, can just cue me that they told my time is up, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I, I really, I really desire for everyone here you stay, they have to call you now. You don't just come and take it. Just wait. <laughs> I don't know how, I honestly don't know the mechanics of how judgment is going to work and how, I don't know whether we're just going to show up and then when you scan something, you say, go, and, go into that room, you scan something, and you come out, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work or whether it's just automated and we're all separated. But I, I know God is dramatic. He does light and thunder. He's dramatic. I don't know if he's going to, but he, for me at least, he has to be dramatic. Done, I've suffered in life a little. It's a bit dramatic. So it says, Chine! Chine is Saunters. And 
<laughs> but my prayer that you know God will say to you, because Paul says, laid for me is a crown, is a trophy, is an award. That after life is done, after everything is said, you've played the guitar Sunday after Sunday, you've, you've done all sorts of things. Tried to get married, you've tried to make money, you've tried to make an honest living. My prayer is that you would hear those words, well done. Ha! Because I, I trust me, when I hear well done, I don't allow them to do good and faithful stuff. There's nothing I won't dance. There's nothing I, because for me, I'm not leaving out of fear that I won't make heaven. No. But I, I want to please God with this life. That you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That you will hear God say, it was all worth it. That you will hear God say, you did what men could not do. That you would hear your father say, I was applauding you every single day of the year, of the month. And I know you could not hear me. He says that, I know you didn't have everything you wanted. He says, but well done, good and faithful servant. But you would hear God proud of you. Because when we think of judgment, then we keep on thinking of God punishing people. But that's not what it is. That there's a reward. And that is what life is about. And that's what informs everything that Chinea does. And when she shows up before her father, but she's not showing up with fear. And because Chinea knows that it's not Caleb's love that matters at that point. Except it doesn't matter to you. It's not, it's not how many houses did you have. Honestly, it's not even how many children did you have. It's not where did you work. It's not what car did you drive. It's not how nice your jewelry was. It's just like, just finish this thing. Give me my trophy. But God's saying, well done. You can take it now, as dramatically as you can. <laughs> Good and faithful servant. That, 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 folks, that, folks, that, folks, that is success. So maybe there's a different assurance song. Uh, and he says, we should sing blessed assurance. So he says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Am I even singing it right? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Hair of salvation. Let's sing in the horn before the choir comes. It starts showing off. Wait, let us sing once. Let us sing once. Let us sing. We know you're professional. Let's, let's sing. Let's sing it once. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, poor chase of honor. Follow me, let us sing it one more time. We know you can sing, just give us one more time. Because it's such a nice song. Let's sing it from the top. One more time, church. Come on. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. 
Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, a portrait of God, born of His Spirit. So you can help us sing the other one that says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Can we bow our head and pray for a minute, if you don't mind? The band continues to sing that song softly. All I ask is that you ask God, Lord, make my life a success. All I ask is that you ask God to lead you to the things that matter. All I ask as we pray is that you ask God, let me not live for men's applause. This prayer is important. Lord, give me the correct parameters for success. Let me not invest in what will not last. Let me not impress men and fail God. Lord, let me hear on that last day, well done, good and faithful servant. All the ground is As we pray this morning, and I'll ask everybody to just pray. I'm not quite sure what about the message might have, you know, pinched your heart somewhere, touched your heart somewhere. I'd like you to just pray. I'll ask you to just pray. If there's anyone who would like to say, Idris, I'd like to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Everyone, heads are bowed, people are praying. You have the privacy of the moment. And all we ask that you do is lift one hand up. We're not going to ask you to come out. Lift one hand up. I, I would like to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. That I may begin this path, this walk with God, onto a life that is actually successful. That even though I don't make the headlines, but that I, that I, that I make the headlines in heaven. Anybody who is bold enough to say, I have lived separate from God, I have lived away from God, but I hear you. Jesus was crucified as the price for our sins. And you just all you need to do is raise your hand where you are and we'll say a very simple prayer and God accepts you. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, he died for our sins, he says we are saved. So if you say this prayer after me, thank you for lifting those hands. Thank you for lifting those hands. Thank you for lifting those hands. Very simple prayer. Say, Father, I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Say, Father, I believe in my heart 
that Jesus died for me and he rose again for me. Father, I declare with my mouth that I am now born of God. I declare with my mouth that I am now born again in Jesus' name. Again, I'll ask you to please hold someone's hand. Thank you for saying that prayer if you did. I'll ask you to please hold someone's hand and let's pray a very simple, a very simple selfless prayer. Our prayers, Father, that we will all hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. And so the simple way to pray that prayer for me is pray in the spirit over that person's life for about 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and begin to declare. And as you declare that, you would find the Holy Spirit will give, to give you utterance. But you're praying for the, for the life of that person. And you may not know them, you might know them, it's fine. But I'll ask you, I beg you to please pray with all your heart. You may not understand everything that we're saying or everything that we've said, but I'm asking that you please pray for someone today that you please pray for someone it doesn't matter if you're up here find someone uh, you just look for someone you're in the multimedia booth today okay i'm happy to pray with you if you don't mind but our prayer father is that china will hear you say well done good and faithful servant Ah, lord let nothing stop her let nothing distract her hey lord give her the parameters for life let it not be what Idris said. Let it not be what culture said. Let it not be the expectations of a generation. Let her hear God. Hey! I'll ask you to please pray. I'll ask you to please pray. I'll ask you to please pray. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you. She will not miss it. She will not draw back onto petition. My father, she discovers everything you want her to do. She has oil in her lamp. She has extra oil for the journey. She's a God chaser for all seasons. Take another 15 seconds and just pray. Would you pray over their life that nothing will distract them? Nothing will stop them. Nothing will stop them. Let them run the race properly. Let them hear God's applause. Let them find contentment in God. Let them find contentment in God. Let them find contentment in God. We're going to worship for about five minutes as we do as a custom on the first Sunday of every month. We'll share the communion. And as we worship this yes. morning, I, I want you to offer your life to God. That, that's the, it's just, I don't know how else to say it, but it's saying, Father, here is my life. Here is my life. Let me use this one life to serve the one who loved me totally and completely. And ask the ministers to approach the table. I can see your heart in everything you say Every painted sky, a canvas of your grace The creation 
she still obeys you so alive so alive oh so Sing it out to worship you, to worship you, to worship you highly, to worship you highly, highly to worship you, to worship you highly, to worship you highly, to worship you highly, highly. And this is my declaration to worship. 
worship you, I live. Sing it out to worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship. I live to worship. Hey, to worship you. To worship you, I live to worship you. And this is our heart cry. We sing, oh, Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, 
please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.